and welcome. I'm Joe. And I'm Roddy. And you've joined us for Stage Door. We have a fantastic hour for you, talking all things theatre, film and arts, including... Lifting the curtain, giving you the inside info of all that's going on nationally, locally and digitally. Snooping around backstage to bring you the news and the gossip. And then we'll reveal our pick of the week, and it's another local treat. You can join us and take part in Name That Show, where we ask you to guess the musical from three brief clips of songs. And then there's our quick quiz, where we'll see if Roddy can get another five out of five two weeks in a row. <laughs> Ah, that's tempting fate. Uh, then later on in the show, don't miss Out of the Vault, where we share the plot from a show that you might not have heard of. Then don't miss our spotlight interview with the lovely performer, actress, dancer, everything, Leah Harris. <laughs> oh, and that's all packed in before midday here on Stage Door. We're live across the Thames Valley. This is River Radio. Oh. How you doing, Ruddy? Yeah, not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, um, I'm fine. Could um, you possibly yes. turn you down in my headphones? <laughs> <laughs> You've just like whacked yourself up. Have really? I? I mean, as much I as I love myself. your voice. Um, yeah, okay. And then mine. I can't control your yeah. separate audio. Can you not, darling? I can turn your whole headphones up, dear, but I can't turn my voice down and your voice up. No. Okay. Um, I noticed that we're sitting in the dark. <laughs> the, the office that we work in, yes. uh, they're not in. And so we're sitting here. I mean, it is nice and daylight. Thank goodness. Uh, nice and daylight. Um, there's some painters in doing mm-hmm. some decorating on the stairs. I, yep. I'm very worried I've got paint all over my brand new coat. Oh, and it's a very, very nice coat as well. Thank I, you. I was very impressed. A little bit of a sort of transition coat, you know, one of those autumnal vibes, just as it snaps to winter. Oh, I know. It's crazy, isn't it? You never know. I mean, today it's quite warmish, I think, yeah. for, for what it is. But, you know, a and couple tra- of days ago, it's freezing. And travelling through London is always an absolute nightmare because I find myself getting on the tube all bundled up with scarves, hats and gloves. And you're like, oh, no, this is awful. I feel like I'm having a- the menopause is hit. You take it all off, you sit down and then you get off and you're hit by this blast of cold air. You will never understand, Ruddy. <laughs> <laughs> but layers is a, a I'm clue. quite pleased about that. <laughs> I'm already in trouble because I've made a rude joke and Joe's already threatened that this well, is my last what? coffee. Yes, why don't you share what you just said to well, me? Well, we've got a very creaky door in here and I said, is that the door or is that your hips? And so, I, I got a withering look. Listeners... I think you should help me work out what Roddy's punishment is. <laughs> Respect your elders, Roderick. Sudden death. <laughs> but are you enjoying your coffee? I am, thank you very much. What have I got this week? Uh, you have a decaf latte. Thank you very much. Is Without right? any bonus caramel syrup. syrup, syrup no, syrup. no. Last time I think it was an oat one, wasn't I it? I liked it though. I see that okay. it's Christmas. It apparently. is Christmas, yes. In this particular establishment's uh, <laughs> design of cup. When are we going to risk playing... Christmas music. Oh, uh, on well, I'm stage door. nearly ready. You're nearly ready. Of course yeah. you are. It's, it's only just November. We I haven't know. had bonfire night yet, it's and you're already so poised to exciting. Whack out well, I've been, you know, rehearsing Christmas stuff since September, so I'm ready when you are. Now, what have you been busy doing at the minute? Well, we've got an amazing uh, Christmas show with about 200 people in it. 200. Yeah, which is going to be fantastic. Uh, four different performances, and yeah, it's 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 one of those things where. Christmas is obviously the best time for community to come together, isn't it? So we have, you know, from five-year-olds to something older, <laughs> a little bit beyond that. Uh, Not going to give know, away your eldest. <laughs> uh, you know, all performing and we're just going to, you know, put on a fabulous Christmas celebration for the local community to enjoy. 
Nice. Um, which reminds me, uh, uh, last week I mentioned fleetingly that I've got that lovely quotation from Dickens' is A Christmas Carol. Yes. And I know it's not Christmas yet, but I found it because we talked about it and I thought I'd go and look it up. Okay. Um, this is a lovely bit. I played Nephew Fred because you came to see it at mm-hmm. Birmingham Rep. Uh, Loved eight, it. Eight years ago. Is that um, eight years ago? I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's a moment where Nephew Fred is swinging around inside Scrooge's counting house. Uh, and he says, I've always thought of Christmas time as a good time, a kind forgiving, charitable, pleasant time. The only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people below them as if they were really fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys. And therefore, Uncle, though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket, I believe that it has done me good and will do me good and I say God bless it. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> At which point, I think Cratchit claps. Right. And then he's given the kind of withering look you gave me earlier, which makes the fire go out in the grate and Scrooge just barks at his nephew to get out. But yeah. I think it's a lovely thing about the fact that it is a time of unity. And particularly with 200 people in your show, it couldn't get much more united, could it? Absolutely. Hey, let's name that show. Name that show. Oh, come on. <laughs> now, I've been extremely generous. You say that. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's 3.36 seconds long. Yes, but it's a classic. This is one of the most famous musical theatre songs of all time. And other people have copied it and covered it. You know, I, I don't want to go into major Rat Pack kind of names, Ooh, but... okay, a little clue there. Yeah, there is a little clue. Right, well, if you missed that, because, I don't know, you might have blinked or just coughed slightly, <laughs> then here it is again. Well, I won't say anything. No, I wanted don't. to sing along. No, please don't, because it will give it away. So, this is Name That Show. What show... <laughs> What that show? A, I mean, the time that, that was a satellite <laughs> delay there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's put it down to age. <laughs> um, what show does that come from? That little tiny clip. We're going to play two other little clips from that show as well, uh, from that song. And you tell us what show it is. Email it in Joe at River.Radio or Roddy at River.Radio. No, just send he- them to Joe. Uh, <laughs> let's reserve Roddy at River.Radio for help with the quiz. Okay, darling. Because I don't get any emails anyway. So if I'm second on the peck in order for this, I'm even less likely to hear All from right, people. All right, that's, that's so fair yeah, enough. Send the answers to Joe. But also, you're the one with the lead- leaderboard. I am. And I'm so excited. At the end of t- uh, 2021, I will be awarding the person who has had most accuracy in Name That Show with a very, very special prize. So email in Joe at River.Radio. One last second, go on, one more. You want it one more time? (laughs) There you go, good luck, time to lift the curtain. So... Looking locally to start with, I've spotted that coming to Norden Farm, Harry Hill still has tickets available. So there are a number of comedians doing events at Norden Farm. There quite often are, um, but quite a lot of them are sold out. But Harry Hill still has tickets available. Um, so it's he's written an autobiography, Fight, and that's right. the focus of this discussion. I think he's just going to talk through it. Um, you know his style. It's pretty inimitable. It's pretty zany and wacky, I would describe it as. Um, I think he probably would as well. He 
he's sharing photos and clips from his huge home movie collection. Um, there's a super fan quiz. Apparently he's an artist. I didn't know this. A lot of comedians are. Yeah, a lot of actors and performers are. And it's quite extraordinary. Anyway, Harry Hill Fight is coming to Norden Farm Centre as well as the um, the super fan quiz to win one of his artworks. There's an audience Q&A, so if there's something you've been burning to find out, uh, then you can do that. Um, there's a photoshopped COVID safe selfie, as far as I can work it out. All of these events, all of these features have typically Harry Hill names. Okay. Um, so, for example, uh, he's called that the sterile selfie, an opportunity to get a self-imposed photograph with the floppy collared loon trademark. So it's all very Harry Hill. Um, if you're up for that, if you want to get to the Courtyard Theatre at Norden Farm, uh, then that is happening very soon. <laughs> Where is it? Where's the date? Uh, well, it's on. It's coming soon, Joe. I'll find a date whilst you tell me what else is happening. Fantastic. Well, I do have something really exciting coming up at the Canton Theatre, but I'm going to save it for oh. our pick of the week, if oh, that's okay. Oh, tease. Um, yeah, no, I'm really excited about that. But uh, the mill at Sonning has got some great stuff coming up as well. Yes, we like uh, the mill. We do. As we well do. as those lovely pyjama performances. <laughs> but they have um, Top Hat. And if you want to buy a nice little Christmas present for somebody, it's a really good opportunity. I mean, it's already on at the moment, but it's all the way through to the 8th of January. And, you know, the Millet um, Sonning has, a, it's a dinner theatre, so yeah. you get a meal as well. So that's a really great... Oh, um, I've got confused with the water mill. That's where the pyjama's happening. Don't wear your pyjamas for dinner. <laughs> Oh dear, Roddy, what are we going to do with you? Seventeenth <laughs> um, of November is when Harry Hills at Norton Farm. Seventeenth of November, so you've got a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, that's not far, is it? No. I mean, that's the other thing. There are so many um, fantastic things around, but you can't wait. You can't just, you know, hang Don't about. Partly because everyone's so hungry to get into a theatre again, which is great. But yeah, as you say, tickets are going now. Some gossip that I noticed, just looking slightly further afield. Have you seen anything about the Old Vic this week? The old Vic Terry and Gilliam. Terry Gilliam, yeah. yes. Uh, I have a lovely personalised um, drawing from Terry Gilliam and his signature. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because we worked on a film. Um, and he was really grateful and he drew me a little thing. It was nice. really sweet. Yeah, quick. But <laughs> Sell it whilst it's worth something. <laughs> so uh, he was going to direct Into the Woods for the old Vic in spring 2022, but they've cancelled it because of quite a lot of his past comments about yes. things like Me Too, about Weinstein, about trans issues, about race. And mm-hmm. um, essentially when they announced they were going to have him in to work in the theatre in May, uh, quite a lot of the f- um, regular freelancers and permanent staff at the theatre went, uh, can we just have a little word? So they spoke to the exec director who tried to allay their fears. But yeah. um, I don't know whether it's been rumbling around there. The Daily Telegraph, who are reporting on this, um, who obviously think this is the second coming of the Puritans, um, <laughs> spotted that on Facebook he'd said, I encourage all of you to watch Dave Chappelle's new show on Netflix. To me, he's the greatest stand-up comedian alive today. Incredibly intelligent, socially aware, dangerously provocative and gut-wrenchingly funny. Now, he's entitled to his opinion, but the trouble is, of course... um, that is such a um, uh, inflammatory show at the minute that people right. at Netflix are campaigning to have oh, taken wow. off the air. That for him to back it all looks a bit eggy, particularly if those people are feeling vulnerable in a theatre. And yeah, he's entitled to his opinions. Anyone is freedom of speech, but not uh, without the right to then the effect of that potentially causing oh. repercussions, which it has. So yeah, unfortunately, no into the woods. Oh well, I'm um, hope- good show, a fabulous show. But hopefully, people will learn. 
I think people still need educating, to be honest. Yeah, but you know, that's usually what it is, isn't it? Yeah. They just don't realise. Yeah. Well, talking about new, you know, artistic directors and stuff like that, we've had, got the lovely Paul Taylor Mills, who's just um, got a, a fresh appointment as the artistic director of the Other Palace. Re- reappointment. Reappointment. He sorry, w- he was the artistic director. I know director. he was, and he then he was went to be <laughs> the um, artistic director at Turbine Theatre, mm-hmm. and he's been doing a fabulous job there, actually. And now Bill Kenwright has asked him to come back to the Other Palace. So Terrific. Congratulations, Paul. Very nice. Um, I've spotted at the Ocean at the End of the Lane has finally managed to secure its West End transfer. So okay. Ocean at the End of the Lane, which got five stars um, and was described by the Telegraph as the National at its very best, spellbinding, um, sold out at the National Theatre uh, and has moved. It, it was planning to move before all of whatever happened last year. Um, <laughs> and now it's finally managed to get its get its fingernails into the Duke of York's. Um, it's adapted by Joel Horwood from a best-selling novel by by Neil Gaiman, and it's apparently supposed to be absolutely spectacular, which I'm not surprised by, because the designer, Sam Wire, a friend of mine who worked on Alice, is so good at the visuals. Now, I'm sure that he's got a team of people, but his um, style is just absolutely iconic as far as I'm concerned. It's really aesthetically pleasing Mm. and um, all the images from the show look extraordinary. It's about a man who goes to a Sussex farmhouse where he grew up um, and he's standing by this pond and then suddenly he's transported to his 12th birthday and his friend Letty tells him that that's not a pond, it's an ocean. Wow. So it sounds spectacular. I just got a a shiver down my spine thinking about it. Um, It opens tonight and it's on till April. That's Ocean at the End of the Lane at Mm. the Duke of York's West End. Okay, fantastic. Mm. That sounds amazing. Um, Did you hear in the gossip as well it's not really gossip but obviously cabaret is um a big big thing yeah yeah every time you mention it i remember that i'm less likely to manage to get a ticket yeah yeah (laughs) your face was uh very telling just then um anyway so cabaret uh with eddie redmayne as um mc jesse buckley uh, amari douglas you know fantastic um cast for cabaret in the self um, designed and rebuilt unique Kit Kat Club. Yeah. Which is very exciting. But they've just announced that there's a nine man slash woman uh, prologue company, okay, that is going to be um, performing as people walk in. Oh. So I love this idea, okay. So um, basically, as um, there's an ensemble of performers who will be entertaining audiences from the moment they walk into the Playhouse Theatre, which they've obviously adapted yeah. in the round. Um, and they are going to be doing this immersive thing prior to nice. the show. Nice, atmosphere. And what's really great is there are people that, you know, have just graduated and things like that. Great. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, lovely to give a leg up. Yeah, so Gabriella Benzetti from Erdang, um, uh, Rachel Benson, who is a violinist and has done some acting muso, Laura Braid, uh, Julian Capoli, uh, Holly Kassa, who's on piano, um, but it's also done theatre, Celine Fortenbacher, Pop Lorska. I think Very I've good. done a bit of that one. Good, well done. You've got your teeth in. <laughs> <laughs> Samantha Ho, uh, Andrew Linney and Sally Swanson. And so basically, it, oh, well, I love this also. It's an original score composed by Angus McRae. So I love that it's all actor muso stuff. Yeah. Um, 
And it's going to be, I just love that they're giving these people an opportunity. Well, How yeah. awesome also, is that? It's, it's all very well transforming the interior of the theatre to make it look like the Kit Clap. <laughs> Kit Clap. <clears throat> Go Try on, again. say it for me. <laughs> Kit Cat. Pride comes before a fall. Um, that's the Kit Cat <laughs> Club. Uh, but it's all very well that, you you know, you get into your seat and suddenly you feel like you're there. Mm. But if you've just come from a fairly anaesthetised foyer, you've already broken the world, particularly in the interval. So great that that's set up. I'm just thrilled for those performers getting and, opportunity i'm so excited to see the show i mean you know eddie redmayne's doing it because he did it in edinburgh years ago right. and loved it so much and, and never felt like he'd finished exploring it and now he's got the profile to be like hi yeah i'm really up for doing this and he's perfect casting i've got another one go hms pinafore mm. now i like a bit of gns and it's on at the eno now that's E&O, good and sullivan for those who it is, don't oh, know sorry. thank <laughs> you for translating yeah um it's the sort of staple of secondary schools when they're looking mm. for a big cast musical to do. And then all these kids, you know, I mean, the satire is 100 years old in it. It anyway, is, but absolutely. Good fun when you can update it. But the ENO have discovered that one of uh, their clever tricks to try and get people through the door and feel comfortable in an opera house is to do an operetta. And mm-hmm. Gilbert and Sullivan basically are the masters Kings, of that. Yeah. Um, so it's all about the British class system and the promotion of unqualified people to positions of power. Um, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> Remaining impartial. Um, but it's directed by Cal McChrystal, okay. who I think Who's I've Cal? banged on to you before. Is a, I've never met him, but I'm a huge fan of his work. He is a comic genius. He's a com- comedic advisor, a humour advisor okay. on things like Paddington. Oh, yes. So in Paddington 2, where Paddington is um, introducing his friends, his, his con mates in, in uh, prison, um, Cal McChrystal pops up because I Googled him because I couldn't work out who he was because he was so funny, mm. saying, um, hello, I think I can count on your vote because he's introduced as uh, something, a politician. Um, and he made me floor. I was floored with laughter and I looked him up. Anyway, he's it's obviously a cameo from the person who's brought in to make it funny. So if you want to watch something <laughs> funny on stage... <laughs> That's go, the summary so Go far. to Mr Funny. Um, <laughs> so he did Ilanthe a couple of years ago, okay. which was brilliant and something that Al was my friend was remembering a couple of days ago very fondly is that the script says um uh, the train of the house of a uh, train of lords the from peers arrive mm. um and he interpreted that by putting an actual train on stage so that the lords who normally sort of traipse through the audience came in on a train so Love this it. is big budget big silly big fun it's the HMS Pinafore at the ENO and um, that opens on Saturday and it's on to the 11th of December that's lovely yeah there's so many fantastic classic things like that isn't there but i love it when they're sort of you know cheekily you know changed a little bit um i don't know if you saw but the wiz had their cast photo shoot now obviously the wiz is a big deal because it's um you know a fabulous all black cast but this is what i'm excited about okay it the music which you would know you know diana ross uh, michael jackson sort of very 70s poppy solely kind yeah. of thing well sean green who is an amazing musician and uh, musical director has redone the arrangements Ooh. so the music is going to be more drum and bass funk afro beats oh. uh, reggae soul r&b you know so Fab. i'm really excited about that because the tunes are good anyway but the arrangements do set it 70s so to modernize it's going to be incredible oh it's going to be absolutely gorgeous electric. and we've got sherelle williams as dorothy Tarek frimpong as scarecrow llewellyn graham who's making his professional debut as tin man and jonathan andre as um the lion now there's 
fabulous people in it. Um, Bree Smith. Now, she actually came to Marlowe oh, yeah. um, in the summer and sang at the Alfresco oh, Theatre. Oh, wow. And she plays Aunt M. So anyway, there's there's some lovely things in there, but I'm extremely ex- excited about this different... You're t- talking about HMS Pinafore being slightly yeah, yeah. changed, and this is going to have a real fresh approach, which I'm excited about. And that's at the Hope Mill Theatre in Manchester. I know Manchester seems a long way away, but uh, it's opening on the 24th of November, and it goes all the way through to next year, but take the time to go and see some of these incredible iconic pieces of theatre that it, are being created for us and it can be an excuse for a weekend away right? oh absolutely make it make it the absolute hallmark of why you're going to manchester for and, a glorious weekend yeah and hope mill is is like a, a birthplace of lots of innovative things so it's a really good place to know should we listen to some whiz go of Brand New Day from The Wiz, but obviously look forward to the new one. 
Very cool. Right, this is River Radio. You can listen on our website, river.radio, on our mobile app for Apple and Android. Just search for River Radio Live. You can even tell Alexa, play River Radio Live. I love using Alexa and Siri as my personal (laughs) assistant. Right, well, in a moment, we've got our pick. But just before we do, there's one other thing from Lifting the Curtain that I'm desperate to tell you about, which is that Macbeth at the Almeida, we've talked about it before, they're doing online screenings of it, it's had some great reviews. On Monday the 8th of November, they are doing a free performance for under 25s. What? So if you know someone who is under 25... Some time ago. <laughs> ...who wants to go and see Macbeth, I mean, it's three hours something, which is pretty extraordinary for Shakespeare's shortest play, but no shade here. It's a great show. It's a great way to get involved with Shakespeare and experience it. So if you know somebody who's studying Macbeth who needs to go and see it, then they can get in for free Monday the 8th of November at the Almeida Theatre. Right, time for our pick. Now, this is exciting, Ruddy. Did you, were you ever a fan of the Carry On films? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Was <right>. I ever? <laughs> you are going to love oh, this. Oh, my Trump. <laughs> okay, so I had um, the wonderful opportunity to talk to Tyler Butterworth. Now, you might recognise the surname. I surname, Butterworth, yeah. Yeah, so Peter Butterworth was one of the main, um, you know, people in Carry On, one of the yes. originals as well. And he married Janet Brown, who was the one, the first person who sort of did impressions. Oh, really? And she was um, famous for doing um, an impression of Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> I saw yeah. a photo and I thought, yeah. that looks like Thatcher. Well, they... Uh, had kids and uh, Tyler um, is now on tour now he's an actor within his own right he was in Darling Buds of May for example oh yeah, yeah. which so, I'm about to make an ill-advised remake of okay so um, he has created this show um, uh, talking about his parents Peter and um, Janet and it's coming to the Kenton Theatre so right. I've had a little chat with him and uh, this is what we talked about thank you so much for joining us at Stage Door at River Radio you must be really excited about the show coming up i am joe i am i look forward to it every time i do it because the reactions are slightly different from the audience some people get very involved and other people get quite quite emotional and there's lots of laughs too how long have you been doing this particular show when did you create Um, it a couple of years ago, mm. um, I produced a Carry On Cruise and I, I did a very kind of rough version. It was really just about dad. And Robin Asquith was one of my guests on the cruise. Robin said, you've got to do something. And he organised a showing of it at the Cinema Museum in London. Beautiful. And then after that, it just it's grown. I've changed it quite a lot. But really, the one that I'm going to be doing at Henley has only been on the road since September, really. Fantastic, because it is such a classic thing, isn't it? And it's going to bring so many wonderful memories for those that love the carry-on style and genre of entertainment. People love going to see the carry-on still. It's almost an illicit pleasure, I think. And they just tuck themselves away and watch these films and have a laugh. I've noticed quite an interesting thing in the audience for mum with her impression of Mrs. Thatcher and everything. Yes. You know, they were both the subject of this is your life. And Which is really women. interesting. Yeah. So it's quite funny, you know, Joe, when I bring the book out, it's almost like I brought out the Gutenberg Bible or something because the, there's this kind of... <gasps> It, like it's some revered, iconic uh, thing, but it does. It takes us back to our early days and watching telly as families. Do you do a question and answer segment of the show or is it just a presentation of your life with them and your experiences? The show lasts for a, a, about 60 minutes and then there's an interval where people can get a coffee or a drink and then we come back and the Q&A I do, which is supposed to last just about 20 minutes, 
but I get bombarded by questions. It's amazing. You know, I, I did one uh, on Saturday back at the Beck Theatre in Hayes and we were there for 45 minutes and I had to stop it because <laughs> <laughs> people wanted to keep going and just keep asking questions. It's lovely. That's, it becomes very conversational. Yeah, that's a lovely compliment though, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Fantastic. Because you're talking about your parents, Peter Butterworth and Janet Brown, do you get emotional at all during these? I, I can imagine it must be very hard not to. Yeah, I do. And um, oh, it's funny now you've asked me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 Joe, not at all. There are one or two moments where things happened to dad in the war, which I've, I find quite hard to talk about, but they're important because they put in context the man, really, and what, what was his life before he became this funny man on television and in film. He had this astonishing time in the war, some of it very uncomfortable. And that always gets me. One day, maybe, I can get through it. <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> Not, be here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, funnily enough, at the Beck last week, a couple of people, by the time we finished, even the Q&A, some people were still very emotional. Hmm. It's quite interesting. For a lot of people, it's a big part of their life, a big part of their entertainment life, isn't it? Because hmm. it was huge. Yeah, it, you're right. It was. My mother and father were in people's living rooms and they feel in a nice way. It's, it's not possessive, but they feel they know them. Yeah. So when you're telling them stories about mum and dad that they never heard of and they didn't know, they seem to be completely wrapped up in the story, which is what it's all about. It sounds amazing. I can't wait to come and see it myself. So thank you so much, Tyler, for sharing a little bit. And I hope all of our listeners get to come and see you and Henry. Oh, thanks, Jeff, for having me on the show. And I really hope people come and see it because it's, it's a great, great evening. And that's at the Kenton Theatre on Sunday, the 14th of November. I have bought my tickets. I will be you're there. going? I am going. Oh, I'm I love the carriers. How much fun. All right, it's time for us to give part two of Name That Show. Great. Da, 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 ba, ba. Name That Show. A lady doesn't wander all over the room. Yeah, okay, I'd say that's... Uh, Pretty if clear. you know it, you'll know it. Yeah, <laughs> here it is again. A lady doesn't wander all over the room. I love these lyrics. They're so funny. Okay. So Lillian has emailed in and oh, yeah. she's got it, right? Brilliant. Well done, Fantastic. Lillian. Yes. And so if other people think they know it, how should they get in touch, Joe? Email Joe at river.radio. You need to get on my leaderboard, guys. There's a great prize at the end of this year for the person that has most regularly... You know, contact us and, and done okay. A couple of people have messaged me, which is a first, and <laughs> to tell me that they know the title. The I've title of the, the title, song. Yeah, and remember, it's named that show, so it's yes. not just the name of the tune we want. I mean, if you know it, well done. Yeah. Uh, but what we I'll really give you want. half a point. Okay. Yeah. Oh, how generous. I'm going to need more than half a point. Okay. It's quiz time. It's quiz With time. With a sense of foreboding and dread. Okay. For me. <laughs> All right, you'll be okay. Will I? What's the theme this week? Well, it's no, it's a mixture. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, I do have a theme organised yeah. for... Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, I thought I'd be nice this time. Okay, great. I like that. That okay. sounds positive. Okay. So, question number one. What does the phrase topping and tailing mean? Okay, yeah. Okay, what does the phrase topping and tailing mean? And we're not just talking about a carrot, right? No. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's called QDQ. Yeah? Okay. Okay. Question two. What are sides? Yeah, okay. Okay. This is all obviously in 
our world yeah, <laughs> of entertainment. Performance world, yeah. Yep. They had to film an art. Uh, so question two, what are sides? Question three, who are the two main female lead character names in the musical Frozen? Okay, yeah. So who are the two main female lead character names in the musical Frozen? Okay, I think I got straight up. Five so far. Okay. Um, question four. According to his own website, seeing which musical with his aunt convinced Cameron Mackintosh that he needed to become a theatre producer? Oh, I don't know. Say again. So according to his own website, yep. seeing which musical with his aunt convinced Cameron Mackintosh that he needed to become a theatre producer? <laughs> I've got to work out how old he is when he'd have been there with his aunt. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be potluck. Okay. And finally, question five. What musical includes the song, the song that goes like this? Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you should do okay. Yeah, four. I four? Think, I think I've got four. I'm not going to get the camera one. So, Help me with the camera one. Roddy at river.radio. <laughs> question one. What's topping and tailing? Two. What are sides? Three. Two main female leads in Frozen. Four. Uh, Cameron McIntosh show, show that made him become a theatre producer. Five. The song that goes like this is from what musical? Right. So we're going to listen to some music whilst you help me out. Please email <laughs> Roddy at river.radio. Do you see this tree? It is a fir tree. It's called a fir tree because it gives us fur for coats. It also gives us wool in the wintertime. I never knew that before, Lucy. That's very interesting. This is an elm tree. It's very little, but it will grow up into a giant tree. And oh, you can tell how old it is by counting its leaves. Gosh, Lucy, that's fascinating. Wait a minute, Lucy, I don't mean to interfere, but... And way up there, those fluffy little white things, those are clouds. They make the wind blow. And way down there, those tiny little black things, those are bugs. They make the grass grow. Is that so? That's right. They run around all day long, tugging and tugging at each tiny seedling until it grows into a great tall blade of grass. Boy, that's amazing. Oh, good grief. And this thing here, it's called a hydrant. They grow all over and no one seems to know just how a little thing like that gives so much water. Do you see that bird? It's called an eagle. But since it's little, it has... Can you say that? I'm sorry, but I can't stand idly by and listen to... Snow comes up, just like the flowers. Now, Lucy, I know that's wrong. Snow doesn't come up, it comes down. After it comes up, the wind blows it around, so it looks like it's coming down, but actually, it comes up out of the ground like grass. It comes up, Charlie Brown. Snow comes up. Oh, good grief. Lucy, why is Charlie Brown banging his head against that tree? To loosen the bark to make the tree grow faster. Clouds can make the wind blow. Bugs can make the grass grow. So, there you go. These are little known facts that now you know. Big finish. Yes, and did you notice the title? It's called <laughs> Little yes. Known Facts. Yeah, great. Yes. So here are five little known facts that you're hoping I might know the answers to. And that song was from uh, You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. Okay, the question one was topping... Oh. 
Play it again. No, it's time for the quiz answers. I forget we need your little tiny... I need all my sound effects. You do indeed. Okay, are we ready? Are we settling? <laughs> yeah. Okay, look at your piece of paper. Right. Question one, topping and tailing. What is that? Uh, it's where you just do the beginnings and ends of scenes, mm-hmm. which have no cues in, because you're just trying to hurry through a technical rehearsal. Yep, very good, very good. Uh, ha, ha, no, wait. quick, I've got to play my... Thank oh, you. Man. Oh, God, that was close. The Nearly thing you that. need for your ego, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> what are sides? Uh, they are pieces of script, usually for filming. People people who are in telly like to talk about the sides rather than the script. Absolutely. And it's just usually short little bits, isn't it, that they have to do? Yeah, it was because yeah. you don't need to film the entire film to get the part of a, in a film. Yeah. Very good. Question three. Who are the two main female lead character names in the musical Frozen? Elsa and Anna. How do you pronounce the second one? What, Anna? There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Question four. Now, this is the one, isn't it? According to his own website, seeing which musical with his aunt convinced Cameron McIntosh that he needed to become a theatre producer, which could mean that it was rubbish and he wanted to do something better or it was inspirational and he wanted to go, yes. Oh, yeah, I'd have have hoped it was the latter. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm going Barnum. Okay. It was Salad Days. Oh, wow. Yeah, Salad Days, which was originally published in 1954 and uh, was in the West End where it ran for 2,283 performances. And you know where it was created? Where? It was created at the Bristol Old Vic Theatre School and that's the reason the theatre school exists is because although it had already existed um, under the umbrella of the Bristol Old Vic itself, it used the proceeds from that production to create its own, uh, to buy its own building in uh, Pembroke Road. Wow. Yeah. But that's not going to get you extra points. <laughs> I'm looking for a piano. <laughs> and finally, what musical includes the song, the song that goes like this? Uh, that is Spamalot. It is indeed. Yeah. Well done. So four out of five. Four out of five isn't bad. With Look. extra knowledge about number four. Okay. Yeah, we're going to have to put that in the vault at some point. <laughs> Speaking of the vault, let's get ourselves in here. Okay. All right. I've got my croissant. I've got my yeah, croissant. I need my jumper. Ah, <laughs> Uh, I like that this is a new thing, that we have croissants. Right, okay, in we go. <laughs> right, okay, just squeeze in All here. Right. And then I'm doing it. the Rolodex. Yep. And it is P. P, it yeah. is P, not for Peters, but P for posh. Oh, great now, play. I, it's so good. So if you don't know posh, that's the whole point of this segment, is that we introduce you to a piece of work that you might not know of. And this is a play, not a musical. Um, now, if I said to you, Picture David Cameron mm-hmm. and Boris Johnson wearing black tailcoats, oh, yeah. white tie, <laughs> um, looking slightly statuesque and very pleased with themselves mm-hmm. on the steps of something. Um, you'd probably know that that is the exclusive Oxford student uh, dining club mm. um, called the Bullingdon Club. Now, imagine a fictionalised version of that called the Riot Club. Yeah. And now, this was first produced during, um, uh, during an election. It was done mm. in 2010. And it's about 10 members of the Riot Club who've rented out a gastro pub's dining room for their termly dinner. And they have one mission, get as chateaued as possible, that's their word, (laughs) and to trash the joint. Now, their president, James, um, he's about to graduate. He's pretty much had enough of these club meetings getting out of hand. And so he's promised the rather suspicious landlord, Chris, and his waitress daughter, Rachel, he's going to keep things under control. Um, Now, that is a promise he can't keep. No. Because he's going to graduate, the others are smelling blood the others are all peacocking for position and power um and so uh, as 
as the Independent described it, it's essentially Brideshead Revisited meets Lord of the Flies. So it goes south pretty quickly. Now, it's not so much a whirlwind as a tornado. It's There's a dizzyingly disgusting attitude to women, and you're left feeling increasingly nervous for Rachel's safety, the, the waitress, the daughter of the landlord. Um, and the whole thing just descends into destruction, violence, and then alibi concoction. And you see how they pull together to try and maintain ranks. Um, it ends with the cover-up having recruited one of the members' godfathers, who's an MP, so it gets to that level, and to try and keep it all hush-hush. Um, I can't give away too much of what it descends into, mm. because that's really the sort of shock factor of the play, which some critics felt was too shocking, and okay. some felt that there was no redeemable characters, there was no one showing any kind of moral qualms about what's happening. Um, but actually, I think that's part of the point of it. You know, the Laura Wade's play is shocking for that very reason. Mm. Um, it started at the Royal Court downstairs. It was directed by Lindsay Turner. Um, the MP was Simon Shepherd, who you might know yes, from Peak Practice. yes. Very good-looking bloke. Um, he taught me at drama school, briefly. Um, Richard Golding, mm-hmm. um, who... There were, I mean, the cast was just glittering. Uh, Richard Golding, who was in Charles III um, at the Wyndhams in the West End. Um, he, he seems to have a, do a bit of a neat line in playing um, Prince Harry, because he's also in The Windsors, the um, Channel 4 sitcom that right. I really enjoy. Um, Harry Haddon Patton, who was, mm-hmm. I was at uni with, he was in Downton Abbey. He's now on Broadway um, doing My Fair wow. Lady, uh, which is hopefully going to come here. Kit Harrington, you might have heard of before he was in yes, Game of Thrones yes, as yes. Jon Snow and um, even James Norton was in it so it had a um, glittering cast it then transferred to the Duke of York with just a few changes Max Bennett uh, replaced Harry um, he was in Bohemian Rhapsody and um, it was solid it was so exciting um, there w- there's poetry there's jokes there's even music so the scene changes uh, in the original production at least were done to a contemporary a cappella um, were done to, to music being sung a cappella um, so nice. Wearing My Rolex by grime rapper Wiley was one of them which <laughs> they then updated into the West End revival with things like Sexy and I Know It um, and then they updated the script as well to reference the then In Power Coalition government and um, the all-male ensemble of it reminds me a bit of the history boys which when yes. you saw it on stage or on film uh, by alan bennett and interestingly there have been three or four female-led productions where they've flipped it now i can okay. see the reason for that like let's mm. let's give women a go the only thing the only qualm i have about that um, is that i think the um, class nature, which is really what Laura Wade's attacking, for me, it's more about the fact that they're men. Because I fear that at any point in um, our class structure, that number of men feeling a particular way, the testosterone mm-hmm. in the room, would probably descend into mm. the same chaos. So I'm curious how it would... Oh, I've, n- I've not seen it done by uh, all women, um, but it's an interesting experiment. I think Alra, the drama school, are going to uh, give another well, go at it soon. are they? Because I was just about to mention, we had Alex Borman here uh, oh, being yeah. interviewed on the 24th of June, and he played the lead in Posh for his final graduation show. Oh, wow. And he was incredible. And it was incredible. I absolutely loved it. Oh, yeah, but it is shocking. It is shocking. I mean, there have been different versions because it's such a good play. Nottingham Playhouse did a co-pro with Salisbury in 2015. They toured it in 2019. There's even a film version, which is oh, called The that. Riot Club. The only problem with the film version is they're all so devilishly good looking. You actually find yourself seduced into liking them. They're actually right. quite likeable. They're too likeable. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's Posh the Play. Now, um, I thought we'd play a bit of Wild Boys by Duran Duran, okay. which is in the film. <laughs> and pretty much sums up Posh by Laura Wade. Wild boys! Wild boys! Wild boys! 
listening to River Radio, online at river.radio, on Apple, Android and Alexa. You can listen again on our website. We're a podcast on Apple and Spotify now, and we're coming soon to DAB. And still to come, you're going to find out if you correctly managed to name that show. But now, to one of the cast members of Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cinderella, Leah Harris. Well, here on River Radio, we have the gorgeous Leah Harris. Hi, Joe. <laughs> How are you, Leah? I'm great, thank you. How are you? Good. Now, where are you in the country at the moment? I'm in London. London. And that's because you're in a London show. And which show are you in at the moment? I'm in Andrew Lloyd Webber's new musical, Cinderella. Fantastic. Now, are you enjoying it? I'm having the best time. Oh, that's amazing. Fantastic. All right, let's go back, though, if that's okay. That's where you are right now. Let's go back and work out how you became a West End performer. Where did you start? I actually started very, very young, um, just going to like dance classes and singing classes. And I'd always do the school musicals and things like that. And then I went to Doreen Bird College and studied a degree in theatre. And from there, I worked on a couple of cruise ships, which was just so much fun. And then I made my way into the West End and did Funny Girl and then 42nd Street. And now I'm in Cinderella. Amazing. So Funny Girl, that was with Sheridan Smith. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, with Sheridan Smith. Yeah, At the Savoy? Yes, at the Savoy and actually the Many a Chocolate Factory first as well. Brilliant. So we did six months there and then six months in town. So what character did you play? I was Ensemble in Fanny Girl and actually we played quite a few different kind of characters throughout Fanny Bryce's life. So we were showgirls at one point, we were the Keeney girls and kind of the start of Fanny Bryce's career. So yeah, it was quite varied. Nice, fantastic. What did you get out of that? That, If that was your first pro big show, what did you learn? What did you take away from that experience? Definitely watching Sheridan create the role of Fanny Bryce was fascinating because she's so, so intelligent and just playful in the way that she creates a character. So that was really amazing and interesting for me to watch and be a part of. And actually, I think just working with that entire team was just fascinating because everyone was so talented and and it was just really interesting and eye-opening for me because it was my first big musical. So I was just, I felt like a bit of a baby in that situation and just, I loved every second of it. And from there, you went to 42nd Street. Now, there was that fantastic revival a few years ago. That's the one you were in, isn't it? That's the one that was filmed and we all survived during lockdown, watching it, all those amazing legs and taps and gold (laughs) and stairs and, you know, all these incredible things. So, first of all, the audition process to get into 42nd Street. That was really interesting because it was a huge process and I think they saw into the thousands of girls and guys for that role it was quite overwhelming actually and every single person I knew was in for this job I never ever in a million years expected I'd I'd get it just purely because they were seeing so many people and obviously it was a new cast so lots of jobs were available but how many roughly um, I believe that there was 20 ensemble girls 10 ensemble guys and then we also had a swing team of I think up to about 10 or 12 people as well plus all of the principal roles wow yeah it was a massive cast but it was so much fun it really was because there's just so many people every single day to have a laugh with and just be on stage with it was really really great so the auditions what was the first thing you had to do 
first thing I remember was a dance call and they taught us a very small piece of tap and we all had to go along our lines and do this piece of tap dancing one at a time so that was kind of the first cut because then they could see if you had tap technique and then from there you learned a routine I think there was maybe a couple of cuts on the day we learned a couple of different routines then we learned a ballet routine as well and then I think I came back and did a singing call then I came back and did material from the show so it was quite a long process I think it was over the course of about a week yeah yeah it was really full-on but it was it was an amazing process and they knew exactly what they were looking for and the team were from the original Broadway production. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so you know you were learning from the very, very best. That's incredible. What was your favourite costume? <laughs> In that show, I loved our finale costume. It was this yeah. white um, leotard with gold sequins and this cute little skirt. And then we had this lovely little kind of thing. <laughs> it was kind of a white beautiful little flower thing on our head covered in gold sequins and our gold tap shoes with massive bows on and that was just that was my favorite I loved wearing that were you able to keep any of it no (laughs) sadly not I did manage to keep a a little gold pair of tap shoes it must be good also to know that you are in the actual film version of it that's been shown in loads of cinemas as well as streamed online which is incredible now you are in Cinderella after such a long time of not performing with the pandemic, what did it feel like to go in? Well, here on River Radio, we have the gorgeous Leah Harris. Now, I've just accidentally pressed a button, Joe. So I'm very sorry. <laughs> I've accidentally cut Leah off mid-flow, okay. which is incredibly rude. So she was just about to talk um, about being in Cinderella. Okay, let's see whether or not I can jump it back in. Uh, we were somewhere here. From the show, so it was quite a long process. I think it was over the course of about a week. Yeah. Yeah, it was really a bit long. Further, 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 further. Right, just gra- pass me the remote. White... Um, leotard with ah, gold yeah, this is what she's talking about. Her nice bit. little flower Costume. thing on our head, covered in gold sequins, and our gold tap shoes with massive bows on, and that was just right. Let's all pretend this didn't happen and carry on with our lives. Here's Leah Harris. No, <laughs> sadly not. I did manage to keep a, a little gold pair of tap shoes. So it must be good also to know that you are in the actual film version of it that's been shown in loads of cinemas as well as streamed online which is incredible now you are in cinderella after such a long time of not performing with the pandemic what did it feel like to go into a show just any show the novelty still hasn't worn off and I'm not sure that it will for a very long time. It's just been the most incredible process. And obviously we all have COVID restrictions within the theatre and the workplace and everything. But actually if you step on stage and forget that COVID's a thing, it's such an amazing feeling. I love it. And I was really apprehensive about being back and I just didn't know how my body would cope and my brain because I'm a swing on this job which means I have to know a lot of people's tracks so I can fill in for them if they're on holiday and and I just didn't know if my brain was going to find the <laughs> find the capacity for that again. <laughs> One of the things that we do on this program is kind of educate our listeners with you know what a swing is and what a track is and all these kind of things just so that everybody gets to be part of our world for a little bit. So how many 
tracks do you have to memorize? Um, I have nine tracks that okay. I, I need to know. So three first covers, three second covers and three third covers. The other thing is that sometimes we might have to fill in for a boys. So I cover all the ensemble girls, but then there's also the ensemble boys. And occasionally we have to maybe do their blocking for something or move a piece of their set or that kind of thing. So right. that's something that I've had to do a couple of times, but I have to know nine tracks inside out <laughs> inside out and back to front yeah <laughs> do, do you have a favorite yes there's kind of favorite sections i mean one of the tracks is called the urchin at the beginning of the show and right. i just love it you just come well i won't give anything away but it's something that i've never had to do before it's just it's just very different and then actually just all of the tracks to be honest have solo lines and have lovely dance partners and lovely dance sections there's not really a bad track to be on for which is really lovely because you know whatever you're going to go on for you'll have a great time yeah which is lovely isn't it because obviously the main people are doing the same thing over and over and over and over again and you get to play around and do different things each time. <laughs> yeah mix it up exactly <laughs> so when we were in rehearsals most days something will change so you think that you've learnt it and then you'll come in the next day and that will have changed and you're like okay there's a new version of this so <laughs> it's quite a process to try and keep up with whereas if you go into a show that's already set you know you're going in and you learn this track you learn that track you learn that track and it will be the same when you actually go on the stage but that was kind of the joy of doing a new show is that actually you see something develop and and get better and better it, and it just meant we worked a little bit harder but actually it's kind of the payoff is even bigger yeah, that's lovely. Now, I want to take you back to the first performance of Cinderella and the first audience reaction. After a whopping big break from performing, all of a sudden you're on stage with a real audience for the first time. What did that feel like? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. It was just electric and it was just so emotional to be there with these incredible performers and creatives and the audience who have kind of been delayed and delayed and delayed in their tickets. So it was just an, an amazing evening. And I still don't think the novelty's worn off, to be honest. I think audiences are coming and they're saying this is the first time I've been back in the theatre for two years. It's just been so electric in the audience and in on the stage and backstage. And yeah, I don't, I just think we were all just still counting our lucky stars that we're actually back doing what we love yeah which is amazing and what do you think you have taken away so far on Cinderella I think for me I was quite nervous to be a swing because I've never done that before but I think what I've realized is actually I really enjoy like the buzz of going on and doing something new and sometimes you do something new every night sometimes you do the same thing for a few days and I think what I've realized is I actually really love that um, mixing up and actually the novelty of just being in a new show every mm. single day is kind of yeah I've just been having the best time <laughs> being in an original cast of any show is is a huge compliment you know so congratulations on that what's your favorite song oh I love Bad Cinderella I okay. think that's just so much fun I really enjoy performing it has to be her it's kind of one of the first numbers at the start of the show and I just think it looks so brilliant from out front I absolutely love that one and to do it's really fun great so we might play this one after this interview lastly Last question for you. If you could be any character in any show, and this includes male roles or whatever, any show, any character, what would you love to be? Oh, that's a fantastic question. I love Mary Poppins. I just think it's so much fun. So I think that that would probably have to be my answer. I can see you being Mary Poppins. So fingers crossed <laughs> that you get it. that opportunity. 
<laughs> Listen, Leah Harris, thank you so much for being with us at Stage Door and River Radio. And here is the track, It Has to Be Heard. <laughs> thank you so much, Joe. Well, Roddy, are we going to have time for that now? Not now I jam my screwdriver in the desk, no. <laughs> I love her. I love her voice. Yeah, she's she lovely. fantastic. I also love Mary Poppins. Yes. And I saw Funny Girl. It was absolutely fantastic. We will save It Has to Be Her for next week. Brilliant. For now, we must finish off Name That Show. Name That Show. I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with. <laughs> They've all been so short this week. I know, but they're so obvious. That's the thing. Now, tell me why you think they're obvious. What is it that you think gives it away? Because it, it won't just be the lyrics for you. You're listening it's, to the music. It's also the orchestration. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's hear that again. This is <laughs> part three of Name That Show. What show does this come from? I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with. That little phrase. Go on then. The moment of truth for people at home scratching at their minds trying to work it out. It is. The show it comes from is Guys and Dolls. Yay, very good. And the song is called Luck Be a Lady Tonight or Luck Be a Lady. Uh, Frank Sinatra uh, famously recorded that one as well. Stick with me, lady. I'm the fella you came in with. Luck be a lady. It's so good. <laughs> what a fantastic tune. Right, well, we will play you out with a full track of Luck Be a Lady from Guys and Dolls. But for this week, that's it from us. It is. It is. Join us next week, uh, at Thursday 11 on River Radio for more From, from the Stage Door. Have a good one. All right, give me the dice. And give me room. What's the matter, Sky? You turning chicken? Look, you've seen me roll for a hundred G's, but I got a little more than dough riding on this one. They call you Lady Luck, but there is room for doubt. At times you have a very unladylike way of running out. You're on this date with me The pickings have been lush And yet before this evening is over You might give me the brush You might forget your manners You might refuse to stay And so the best that I can do Is pray Luck be a lady tonight Luck be a lady tonight Luck, if you've ever been a lady to begin with Luck be a lady tonight Luck, let a gentleman see How nice a dame you can be I know the way you've treated other guys you've been with Luck be a lady with me doesn't leave her escort It isn't fair It isn't nice A lady doesn't wander All over the room And blow on some other guy's dice So let's keep the party polite Never get out of my sight Stick with me, baby I'm the fella you came in with Luck be a lady Luck be a lady Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. Luck if you've ever been a lady to begin with. Luck be a lady tonight.
Luck let a gentleman see How nice a name you can be I know the way you've greeted other guys you've been with Luck be a lady with me She'd have a heart, she'd have a soul A lady wouldn't make little snake eyes at me When I bet my life on this road So let's keep the party polite Never get out of my sight Stick with me baby and the pay you came in with Luck be a lady Luck be a lady Luck 